Hello, everyone. My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, the wacky-ass hijinks, insight, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going well. Glad, glad to be back. We've taken a little, uh, about what, two weeks? Thereabouts. Yeah, I know. People have been knocking on our doors just saying, when are you coming back? We yeah. need our Atlanta sports insight. Yeah, no one else can provide it. Well, buddies, you got it. Yeah, we okay. are back. Yeah. With a vengeance. Yeah, in a brand new studio, actually. Yeah. Uh, studio B of the Adam Klaus Studios. Yeah, this is a little more uh, upscale. We got carpet, we got darts. We got we, target practice. Yeah, uh, there's um, a putter for us to have some fun. Our, uh, our uh, mic is on a cooler yeah. with two... Uh, <laughs> Alcoholic beverages. Yeah, we're really on the up and up. Yeah. I'm proud of us. Oh, me too. So lots happened uh, in Atlanta sports since we last talked to you it was guys. Actually, it was actually a good little uh, time for a break, actually, with the All-Star break. Yeah, the All-Star break. We would have had shit to talk about anyways. Yeah, so. there's just been um, a lot of stuff happened with the Hawks yes. since we last uh, talked. We know about the stuff with Paul Millsap. Um, not too much going on with the Falcons. Um, Braves have been... Doing pretty well yeah. overall. They're, you know, hanging in there in terms of they're not dead yet. They're not out of playoff contention. Um, even though I don't think it's going to happen, they're certainly not dead. Um, well, you, know how, you know how many games back they are now, right? They're nine and a half back of Washington. And you know how many games back they were of the Dodgers back in 1991 at the All-Star break? It's like... Was it nine and a half again? Nine and a half, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, so, not saying it's happening, but... Yeah, but even still, I mean, at least this year, and then we'll just be a little segue, I guess, into the Braves' conversation. Um, at least this year, they're worth watching because there's a lot going on. you got the new pitchers. you got Fulte, who, since last we talked, took a uh, no-hitter into the ninth inning, which was really exciting yeah. against Oakland before the uh, All-Star break. Um, and we didn't blow that game. And we did not blow that game, surprisingly. Almost. Yeah, it came close, but surprisingly enough, we did not. Um, you know, you had... You know, you've had newcomers pitch... God damn it, dogs. Yeah, it's going to be an issue. Yeah. You know, you've had newcomers pitch pretty well. R.A. Dickey's been pitching his ass off, has a 1.09 ERA in his last five starts or something like that. I mean, he's just been incredible. Pitched really well last night, picked up the win against a Diamondbacks team that's considered to have one of the best offenses in baseball. Um, only gave it one run through six innings, so really impressive by him how he's able, been able to right the ship and pretty much prove the doubters like myself and wrong and uh, told us to fuck off that he can still pitch. He's, so. been, he's been the opposite of Bartolo. Yeah, that's for sure. That is for sure. R.I.P. Bartolo. R.I.P. He had his first uh, outing for the who, minor league. Who did he get picked up by again? Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. He gave up like four runs and three innings. <laughs> I think I think it's it's time for Bartolo to just give up the ghost. Yep. Yeah. Still making a ton of money this year, thanks to us. Yep. Still will make twelve million dollars before the year is over. Yep. That's not bad. Um, but yeah, R.A. has been pitching great. We get to see some newcomers. He started off amazing. His last couple starts have been... Yeah, been a little rocky. I was at the 4th of July game against Houston. Houston is just on another plane. They are absurd. They are a fantastic offense. Um, You know, they have been... They are the best team in baseball. Um, And their offense is... I mean, you look at their lineup, they got like six guys hitting 300. High on base percentages. Big time power all through the lineup, pretty much. Um, You know, Carlos Beltran's not even playing for him every day that much anymore. 
But it doesn't matter because their their young core is so good. Yeah. Yeah, they got Gaddis and McCann just kind of platooning with yeah. each other. Um, and normally, you know, when they're in the American League, when they got the DH, and if it's a favorable matchup, they'll play them both. Uh, you know, so he got destroyed by them. I mean, I was at that game. He was, um, you know, threw a ton of strikes throughout the first two innings. He had like 20, it was like 18 to 2 in terms of strikes and balls. Who are we talking about? We're talking about uh, Newcomb. Ah. And, um, but those damn Astros, man, even if you're not making really mistakes or leaving a ton of pitchers out of the plate, they will destroy you. Yeah, there's no easy outs with them. Yeah. Did you see uh, <clears throat> during the All-Star game with George Springer, they um, they had these like guys mic'd up while they were out in mm-hmm. the field? Oh, it was almost perverse. I don't know. It was very strange. I thought it was pretty cool. Like, I mean, it's kind of interesting. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's almost like you're breaking the fourth wall in a very strange way. It's but like you're you're having these players talk to the analysts while a game's going on. It's just I mean I know the game doesn't matter. Yeah, especially it doesn't matter anymore. It's the first year that it doesn't count. Yeah, since they since C League made that rule yeah. a few years back, um, but um, or many years back. Um, but it's still I don't know. It was it was strange watching Bryce Harper talk to me while the game's going on. Yeah, I didn't realize. Um, what's his name? It was the guy I was just talking about for the Houston uh, Springer. Springer. Yeah, I didn't realize he had a uh, he has a stutter. Yeah, I've heard about that story. Yeah. That he had to overcome a stuttering problem and really worked hard to, uh, you know, maybe we should take some notes from him since we have multiple instances. Where <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think we're just... But that's just for us being stupid. Yes, we're just morons. Yeah. And he actually just had an, uh, an actual impediment. Right. But yeah, for him to like go be live on the baseball field, getting an interview, overcoming all that, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, certainly. It always helps when you're 6'3", 220 pounds, and can just beat anyone's ass. And the crazy thing is he's their leadoff hitter. Yeah, that's and absurd. he's got amazing power. And yeah. it's, uh, it's interesting how baseball recently you've seen a lot of uh, guys who you wouldn't consider prototypical leadoff hitters hitting the leadoff spot. Carlos Santana has been hitting off lead, you know, hitting leadoff for Cleveland. Rizzo hitting leadoff for Chicago. You know, But, uh, yeah, Braves are doing well, but I think um, – you know, there's still two games under 500, and I think we're getting to the point where we're going to see if this team is uh, going to sell or going to buy. Yeah, that's it's very interesting because I I could see us going either way. Did you hear that? I just saw doing a little show prep mm-hmm. where we had we were pushing hard to get Quintana. Yeah, and then Chicago Cubs made a trade for him. Um, to try and make a, uh, you know, they've had a really disappointing season. They have to try and make a, uh, it's a last-ditch effort because their pitching staff has sucked so much this yeah. year. But we offered up Albies. Is that the story? Yeah, yeah, we offered up Ozzy Albies. For now, him. I think that's a really big problem to me. I was not aware of that, actually. <laughs> um, Breaking news. I think that's stupid. There's absolutely zero reason to offer up your second baseman or shortstop of the future for Quintana. It's not worth it. If, if you're telling me for a guy like Archer or like a legitimate ace pitcher, I would understand that more. Um, but Quintana's not an ace. I don't want to give up right, my he, top, he, a top he, three prospect for Jose Quintana. He's a strong number two. Yeah, he's a good pitcher. I mean, he's a very good pitcher. You've got to give up prospects. I know, but I don't, like I don't want to... Like, he's still young. He's then, controllable. My, my, my point here is that if you do that, then what was the point of... Getting all these fucking pitching prospects. Well, here, here's you got Soroka, you got Allard, you got a bunch of other guys who are you know here's, eventually going to be knocking at the door, and and I don't want to give up, you know, 
position players that we know are going to play that Chipper Jones himself has been working with to you know, a switch hitter. So Chipper's been working with him on his left-handed swing. This guy is the future in the middle of the infield. I do not want to give him up for anything. So here, unless you're saying Max Scherzer's coming or something, which will never happen. Right. No. So the logic I, the guy in this article was talking about it. The logic he had is like, if you're talking about like you're hoping like a Max Freed turns into someone like Jose Quintana, why not just get Jose Quintana? You could say that, but I mean, you have because uh, like if we got say our top ten pitching prospects right now. You might only get two or three of those that turn out to be. Hey, and you know what? Majors. That's fine. I'm okay with that because I'd rather take a chance on guys who are 19, 20 years old than mortgage. I believe Albies, from what I've seen from him and heard about him, he is a sure thing in this league, about as close to a sure thing as you can bet in terms of him being successful. Yeah. And no, I want those guys to be here and contribute. No, I believe me, wanna, I, I don't agree with yeah. dangling him out there like that either. That terrifies me. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it has anything to do with the emergence of uh, um, Camargo, Johan Camargo. Yeah, he could he could be our second baseman of the future with the way he's looking. I mean, this guy looks like Camargo's like, been playing. He looks really like well. a vet, man. Yeah, no, I love. Like, he, like he's, I said, he's confident. He, and he's getting in the lineup every day now, pretty much. Yeah, no, Snit's, Snit's finding a place for him. Yeah, I I am totally fine with that. I mean, I think he like we were talking about a few weeks ago. He's the new Martin. Yeah, he can play multiple positions. He's a good hitter. He's a solid defender. Um, he's a new Martin Prado. But I also see so some of the other rumors I've heard is that we're dangling Tehran out there a lot more. I'm okay with that, which I'm also okay with because because he can't pitch at Centrist Park. Yeah, he's great on the road. He's been doing okay. On, he's a lot better on the road than he is at home. I still think his 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 stats there. He, I think he's still been effectively wild on the road for the most part, especially earlier earlier in the season. But um, I really, I really don't want to give up Albies for anyone. No, I agree. I, 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 I question Coppy's uh, judgment there, because another thing is, um, you know, for you know those of you who haven't noticed, Dansby Swanson, the once you know future Derek Jeter of the franchise, has been benched in three of the last six games. So we have a lot, you know, and that's not to say that anyone's giving up on Dansby. I think that says something that you know there isn't total confidence in them right now. He still hasn't really flipped the switch offensively, and he's a defensive nightmare right now. Yeah. He has been for the yeah, majority had, of the season. He's had his issues. Um, and I know it's it's um, you know it's just still technically his rookie year. There's no reason to give up on him, but I don't you know especially like I think right now we have we have a question at at shortstop, Kevin Mighton, who's a guy we talked about a lot in the minor leagues, who's been compared to Miguel Cabrera, who. I watched some video on him actually a couple weeks ago, and I mean his swing is just sweet. He looks like a young Miggy out there. Oh yeah, and um, I can't what, wait to. What's he, he play? He plays. He out plays like shortstop. Shortstop. Oh. Um, so I, I assume he can be moved to third base. You know, if Dansby pans out, uh, Freddie's going to be there for the next ten years. Wrong, um, but <laughs> let's say for the sake of argument, Adam, that you're wrong, and that Freddie goes back to first base. And let's, you know, let's say Dansby doesn't work out. You've got two other guys who are elite prospects in your system, like Maiten and Albies, who ostensibly can play shortstop, uh, as well as other positions in the infield. So I want to keep as many guys as I can um, position player-wise, because we just don't know if Dansby's going to pan out or not. He's not a sure thing. 
it's, I mean, I'm not going to say say give up on him, but I'm also, you know, I don't want to say just start mortgaging your position players. I want to hold on to these position players because we have more great pitching prospects than we have more. I don't know why we don't position players. Like when they made that, it was always either Ozzy or uh, Dansby being the shortstop. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they need to rethink that and have Ozby, uh, rethink that and have Dansby at second instead of short, maybe. Yeah, a little easier position to play. I think. The, I mean, Gabe Peacock played over there. If he can do it, anyone can. Exactly. Right? I mean, Gabe didn't have much range at second base, but he didn't uh, make a shit ton of errors. No, exactly. and he didn't have to cover a lot of ground. No, that's why we had John Rice at choice. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I think you give Dansby. Here's my thing about Dansby, and I, you know, I was actually reading Chipper Jones's new book, Ball Player. That he it was his uh, autobiography. Yeah, and uh, it's a good book. It's worth checking out. I'm not done with it yet, but um, it's interesting getting some insight into his background. And he was talking about how when he was in the minors, he made, I think, like 54 errors at shortstop, or something like that when he was in Double A. Yeah, and um, and it was more so for him. I think with Dansby, it's more of a fielding thing than a throwing thing. But for Chipper, it was a it was a uh, throwing thing. Yeah, the arm. Yeah. And so it was just a weird arm slot he had when he was releasing the ball on just routine plays. Mm-hmm. And um, so he really just busted his ass over the offseason and sort of corrected that. And that's why he was able to, you know, eventually move him to third. But he was able to cut down his errors uh, considerably the next year because he busted his ass in the offseason. So my point is I hope Dansby just works a shit ton on his defense and his offense over the offseason. Give him another year at shortstop. See what happens next year. If we have a problem then then I think we, we'd start yeah. talking about I mean, second base. I, I just think he's shown so many flashes. Like, June, oh. he was a, like, he just, all, I'm not going to say he carried us offensively, but he was a big reason we had such a great month, month yeah, in June. No, he was, I think he he was, was hitting was, all over the place. Yeah, no, he did really well in June. And luckily, now with the lineup part. where it's at, there's not a ton of pressure on him. Yeah, he's but, back in the eighth spot, which is a tough place for a young young hitter to, to hit in. But, yeah. Um, um, but anyways, back back to one of the other uh, rumors I heard that I do like a lot. I mean, okay. a, a lot more than the Ozzy Albies thing is, so Yankees Michael Pineda just went down. Yeah, he had a UCL tear. I heard the other day. So yeah. he's out for the year, mm-hmm. um, and I think they're having some issues at first base as well. Mm. So there's talks about Tehran and Matt Adams to the Yankees. The Yankees farm system is stacked. and get a couple of like like the what the. White Sox got back for Quintana. Huge. If we pair those two back together and get something like that, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm game for that too. Um, Matt Adams' trade value will never be higher. I really like what he's brought to the team. I've uh, really enjoyed watching him play. Um, but who knows if this is something that he can sustain. If you have a good enough offer out there for him, you take it. Yeah. And you put, I don't think Freddie Freeman's going to be your, your third baseman of the future. He's looked decent over there, he's though. Looked, right? He's looked fine. It's just, I, I just don't think long term it's going to be something that, that pans out. Um, You've been wrong in the past. I, sure. But I, I just, you know, like I said, I think in our last episode, I mean, it's tough to slot in a position that you haven't played in 10 years and just, which was in Gulf, Gulf Coast League or whatever, and then say, okay, go do it in the majors. Um, That's what he's doing, though. I know, and, he, and he's looked fine so far, but, I mean, it's he's only played, like, seven, ten games there so far. So It's amazing how he hasn't missed a beat with his bat. Oh, my God. Three home runs in seven games since coming back from his wrist injury, which he came back from 
sooner than expected, I think 25 days before he was expected to actually come back. And that is, uh, and a lot of people said, oh, is, is Freddie just dictating how everything's going? Is he actually, you know, going to doctors? Is he talking with, and obviously he is. Yeah. And a lot of people were concerned that he was just kind of saying he was ready and everyone was just saying, okay, Freddie, you're the franchise, go ahead and do it. But I mean, I think, no, no I, don't, I mean, I don't think that's the case. And I think, you know, he's a guy who busts his ass and works hard and has, you know, gone through the recovery process. And obviously he's ready to come back. Three home runs in seven games since coming back. He's crushing the ball. He had two big hits last night that won the uh, – I think the latter hit won the game. Won a ball game, yeah. In the eighth inning with that RBI single, uh, two RBI single. Um, the guy's just on another planet. This is the time, like I've been saying for a long time, that we've got to capitalize on. These, these next three years, we've got to – surround Freddie with pieces so that he can try to win a championship because he is MVP caliber. Yeah. I mean, you, you can see the the master plan all coming together now. It's getting there. It's slowly but surely it's getting there. I just don't want to screw it up by getting rid of Albies. I think Albies is a critical component. And I was upset when we got rid of Jose Peraza because I yeah. thought he was going to be our guy uh, when we traded him to the Reds. But... Um, I feel. He, I mean, yeah, he's he's been all right. He's but. been okay, but I mean, he, his speed is off the charts. But um, yeah. in terms of just being an overall, you know, complete player, um, you know, he certainly isn't there yet. But yeah. I think Albie's, from what I've seen from him and what I've read, seems to be a much better prospect than Peraza, and I would hate to give him up um, yeah, for anything. Don't we, trade him. Don't trade Acuna. Don't trade Acuna. Ron Acuna, who we could see this year. We could see. I think he's going to get a call up in September. And um, a lot of people have compared him, particularly Chipper has compared him to Andrew Jones, at least. Um, he, he says it's not the same category defensively, but offensively he thinks he can be better than Andrew. Yeah, five-tool player. Yeah, and, I mean, the guy killed it in double-A. He started out this, the season in single-A, I believe, and now he's already in double-A, and then in double-A he hit, like, 320. And his first game in triple-A in Gwinnett, it, it had, like, two or three hits, had a homer and a couple of singles. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Gwinnett. I'm going to do a sidebar here. Oh, about the names? Yeah, have you oh, heard of God. these? Yes, I did on the way to work the other All right. day. I, I got to read them out because last night we were at a, uh, we were getting dinner with some friends before going to see Other Brother, great band. You should check them out. Oh, yeah. Our friend uh, Jeff Wardo did Delory plays in them. Yeah, but, let me check out Other Brother. But I did a, uh, a little test with people that hadn't heard about these name uh, propositions. Oh, that they so had what, what data did you? Uh, well, record? what I did was so they have the five, well, one, two, three, four, five, six finalists right now. And I added in uh, the John Rice suggestion of waffle batters. Waffle batters. Okay. And didn't, exp- didn't let them know that that wasn't really on the list. Yes. Yeah, okay. And everyone, as soon as they heard that name, they're like, oh, that's a great name. It makes so much sense. But like all the other ones. So here, here's a list of the other ones. So we got the buttons. Yeah. Gwinnett what, buttons. The Gwinnett buttons. Which for you ignoramuses out there, Gwinnett County is named after Button Gwinnett, who was one of the signers of the Would the you consider someone ignorant if they didn't realize? Yes, that's the sign of ignorance. What if you're from like New Jersey? It's still ignorant. That to point. not know Button Gwinnett, yeah, just like we'd be ignorant about some county in New Jersey because we don't, we're not Suppose. stupid, we just don't know about it. Okay, we're ignorant towards it. So I guess we're not saying ignorance is a negative thing. It's ignorance isn't stupidity. Gotcha. Yeah, I suppose I was ignorant to that. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the Gwinnett buttons, the Gwinnett big mouths for the big mouth bass, right? Yes, which um, is ludicrous. <laughs> The Gwinnett Gobblers. 
Also ludicrous. The Gwinnett Hush Puppies. Stupid. The Gwinnett Lamb Chops. Moronic. Like, that's the worst one. Like, a lamb, lamb chop. chop. See, at least with the bass and button and um, hush puppies, at least that's like southern shit, you know, you can get into. It makes sense. Well, buttons especially because it's button Gwinnett. Um, but lamb chop, that's not special for Gwinnett County. Mary's the South. region's love of home cooking with the tomahawk chop. Wrong. Oh, lamb chop. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Chop. Okay, well, yeah. all right, fine. It's still stupid, I'm, I'm, though. And it's then stupid, but I guess I might... Uh, another argue. arguably worse is the Gwinnett Sweet Teas. That's just a bad, bad name. I don't it's an embarrassment. And they got just wrecked on uh, the social medias. For the Sweet Teas. Yeah. All of them. All of them, yeah. Like, I think they're all pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why we just can't keep the Braves. Or you know what? I guess Waffle Batters is better than any of those. Oh, yeah. No, they need so, to... so why didn't that get any traction? Why don't you tweet at them and try and get some traction for the Waffle Batters since you care about it so much? Well, all these, I've, I'm starting to learn that me emailing and tweeting at really high up there people doesn't actually work. After no response from the Thomas Dimitrov team on an interview. He was supposed to be in this studio right now. Right now. Graham. And it didn't happen. No. Very unfair. Very unfair. Um, but anywho, where were we? We're just talking about the Braves. We're talking about Ronald Acuna, who um, a lot of people are now considering to be the best prospect in the Braves farm system, which is saying a lot because many consider, most consider, the Braves to have the best farm system in baseball. Um, center fielder, five-tool player, kicking ass in, kicked ass in double-A, is now about to kick ass in triple-A. Um, just had his first game, went yard, had a couple other hits. Um, I think it was three for three. Yeah, and I think, you know, he can just certainly play a corner outfield position in the near future. You know, I think Marcakis' contract is up this year. Let's see, he came in 2014. I thought he signed a four-year deal. I think it is. So 2014 is the first year, He's 2015, year. 2016. I think, I think this might be his last year. No, he came in 2015. You're right. 2015. So he has, so he has one more year. Was the beginning of the rebuild. That's right. Sorry. So he's got one more year. Um, any any rumors about Marquez being moved potentially? Um, not that I've heard. Okay. Do you want to start some rumors? I mean, if we can get something for him, why not? Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're going to get any top prospects. Nah, yeah, get much. But that Matt Adams, Julio Tehran thing you're bringing up. If the Yankees want to pay for that, make them pay as high as possible. Yeah. Because they have a. They traded Chapman last year. Oh, no, no. They traded... No. The Cubs traded for Chapman from the Yankees last year. And they made off a haul of the great Cubs prospects. Yeah. And then, to just pour salt in the wound, they re-signed Chapman in the offseason. But the Cubs won a World Series. But the Cubs won a World Series. Everybody wins. Um, but they have a shit ton of good prospects right now. They're one of the top five prospects yeah. in baseball. So you... you po- Make them pony up. No, I like prospects. that. I like that trade for us because I still think we're in a situation where we should be trading, we should be selling a little bit. Yeah, but like that's not going to mortgage our future. Right, it's just going to bring us potentially more great players. top prospects. Yeah, and we already have such, like you can never have enough great prospects. We already have a ton, but not all of them are going to succeed. Bring as many in as you can. Yeah, Tehran and it's, and. Uh, Tayron can't pitch at SunTrust, and Matt Adams may never play like this again, so sell high. Exactly. Um, so I, one thing I want to cover for the Braves before we wrap this segment up is their upcoming schedule. It's going to be a gauntlet, sir. 
We have two more games against Arizona. We won the first game last night. Yep. Um, two more games against Arizona, and then three versus the Cubs. Then we go on the road to the West. Four games against Los Angeles. We the- probably get this Alex Wood. I got like really mad earlier this week reading about how good Alex Wood is. He's really, you know, we got rid of we we ten and zero with like a one five ERA. Yeah, and um, he, he has pitched his stupid. ass off. He has pitched his ass off, and. I always all-star. felt like, yeah, he was an all-star. I saw him pitching the all-star game, and I was like, See, the, fuck that me. trade I just didn't get. Like, why are we trading such a... Like, he would definitely be our ace right now, clearly. No, absolutely. But, like, he's young. He's controllable. He's controllable. That's what we wanted. Why are we trading He's him? not even past arbitration yet, I don't think. But I, I, I can't harp on this. Yeah, but it, I agree with you. It's still frustrating, um, concerning where he's at. And the potential he had, because we were shown when he was here in Atlanta that he had a lot of potential. He hadn't put it all together yet, but he was... He was a good pitcher. Yeah, I mean, I think the the kicker was they were, thought he was a uh, injury risk because of his quirky uh, uh, delivery. And delivery, and he and he has gone on the DL a couple of times since he went to Los but Angeles. Overall, he's been pretty. No, he's been stellar. He's been cool. he's been a perfect compliment to Kershaw. Yeah, and he's probably learned a couple of things from him. But I mean, yeah, the potential was all there, and yeah. it's a shame that we traded him for uh, Hector Oliveira, um, who didn't do anything. But and then we ended up having to trade Craig Craig. Kimbrel to get rid of BJ Oliveira. Oh no, that was the BJ Upton trade. Oh, Matt Upton was to get rid of Oliveira. J- Justin Upton. No, no, start over. <laughs> Matt Upton. Okay, so let's let's Matt break Kim. let's break this down. We traded Oliveira. No, no, we, we got that? Oliveira for Alex Wood and Jim Johnson out? and some other shitter. Um, <laughs> then we traded Oliveira after his domestic abuse. There's someone else decent than that deal that we gave up. It probably was, but I don't know. Then we traded um, Oliveira for Matt Kemp. Justin Upton was traded for Jace Peterson and Whistler and some other guy. And then we traded BJ Upton and Kimbrell just to get rid of them for, I can't remember. But um, that that was how that all worked out. Have you seen how good Kimbrell is? Yeah, he's having the season of his life. Yes. And Jim Johnson is one of the most Jim Johnson's terrible. When your when your um, when your closer has six wins, that's a bad thing. Yeah. Because that means that your team has bailed him out after he fucked up a, a save opportunity. Yeah. Um, but anyways, back to the schedule: two more against Arizona, three against the Cubs, four against the LA Dodgers, uh, and then three against Arizona, and then four against Philly to round out the month. So we're gonna find out in the next ten to fifteen days what this Braves team is and where they're gonna reside in terms of the wild card standings, in terms of uh, in all East standings. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see where they're at. But I think um, this is a gauntlet of a schedule. I mean... That stretch will decide if we're buyers or sellers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only reasonable matchup is against the Phillies at the end of the month. And by that point, I think we'll know whether or not we're in contention. Yeah. So keep an eye on how the Braves are doing over the next uh, couple weeks. Because, as Adam said, this decides the season right now. I was happy to see... Uh not only is attendance up significantly, mm-hmm. I think it went from 23,000 last year to averaging 30,000 this year, which is solid. But TV ratings are almost double what they were last year. So people are watching this team. Yeah, no, the team, the team has been more exciting. It's exciting. 
And and hats off to Ender and Ciarte for making the All Star team. Oh yeah, uh, he saved us last night. Yeah, that was an amazing play. Oh, made, made a running catch against saved the Jim ball. Johnson. Saved Jim Johnson's ass. Um, I don't know why we keep putting him out there. Did you, did you see Snitker at the end of it? The, there was like a clip of Snitker. What like, you say? They were going through like the little high five line or mm-hmm. whatever at the end, and Ender's walking up, going through the line, and you just hear Snitker be like. That's why you're wearing gold out there, Bubba. That's awesome. It's <laughs> <Yeah, that's> phenomenal. <laughs> Might be my new favorite video. That's great. Um, but yeah, he, he's been amazing. I hope we. I hope he's a brave for life. I, I love the way he plays the game. He's a great leadoff hitter. Amazing defender. I could dedicate a whole episode to just singing the praises of Ender and Sierra. There you go. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> you guys should have heard the other take. Yes. Um, we're trying to become a national show, Grant. We can't. Oh, national. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 50, 50 listeners to uh, a million, right? Overnight. If we double that, that's 100. That's double 100. that, we're at 200. Yeah. Double, is that 400? Just keep on going. Keep doubling. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, you know, for it being the dog days of summer and not a ton going on in the sporting world, the Braves are holding my interest. And I cannot wait for guys like Acuna and hopefully Albies, if we don't stupidly trade them, to get up here to contribute. As well as guys like um, Soroka, Mike Soroka, who's a great uh, prospect, I think in Double A right now, and um, and and Colby Allard, who are our best pitching prospects to get up here. Um, future's bright, and, and the present is interesting. So that is our Braves report. Here, 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 here. So moving on to the Hawks. Speaking of rebuilds, yeah, this is. Think about the Braves in 2015. This is where the Hawks are now. So I, it's not going to be that bad. Maybe not. They I, have I, know. Some, I honestly think it's going to be worse. No. And I'll tell you why. Adam. You're crazy. Let me tell you why. Okay. Listen to me. <laughs> With baseball, you can acquire so many other pieces. Minor league system is huge um, for a team. Not so much for the NBA. We actually had movable pieces that we could trade to get prospects for. We didn't really have those with the Hawks. We also don't have a league that is fantasy draft video game bullshit where you have to have three or more superstars on our team to compete for a championship. This is going to be a long road to hoe. I don't think that's true. All those things I just said were true. All right, so here's what we do got. We're, we have... A decent base of young players already. And who are those players? Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, point guard. Torian Prince. Torian Prince, all right, I agree. Bembry has looked good. We'll see. Have you? Did you see John Collins? I did see he, that. He's a potential rookie of the year this year. John Collins looks good. I'm not going to start singing his praises yet, but he looks good in the summer league so far. Did you? I mean, did you watch like some of the other videos of him? I saw that dunk where he dunked over like two dudes. It was well, he had, he had a ton of those, but the yeah. guy can move with the ball like... Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I'm just not. I'm not going to get excited. He, he, he threw up a three pointer, and like the guy, like, it didn't look like Dwight Howard shooting a three. Like until he gets in the league, I'm I'm, I'm holding expectations. I'm holding my expectations. I, I have no expectations until he gets in the league. Okay, I, I think this year he'll average at least twelve points, ten rebounds. Fine. <laughs> oh, okay. You really think he's going to average a double double in his rookie season in the NBA? Yep. He's gonna he's gonna get a ton of minutes. I think you're foolish, but anyways, um, and I would bet you so, we so got, much money. So on we that. so we got all of that. I'm not betting with you anymore. <laughs> we got those guys plus five 
first round draft picks over the next two years. I am excited about that. That's good. We built up our draft picks, which is solid. So the Schlenk is taking the Coppolella approach. We don't. He's not doing bad contracts. We didn't resign Paul. We got rid of Dwight. Uh, we're stuck with Bays, but I mean he's a serviceable NBA player. Yeah, hopefully he can. And I still think he can have a better season than he had last year. It won't be that hard. This team, this team will probably win like thirty-five to forty games. I, I think. Currently. I think the over. I actually heard on the radio today that um, the Hawks are thirtieth are expected to be um, the thirtieth worst team in the league. And I don't know if that's last. How many NBA teams are there? There's thirty. Yeah, so they're expected to be the worst team in the league by some. That's crazy. By some uh, Vegas poll. That's absurd. Yeah. No, that's. I can see it, and, and I'll tell you why. It's a bunch of young guys, no leadership, um, who are still figuring out how to play in the NBA or have not played in the NBA before. Keep in mind, um, the oldest and most, uh, I guess the guy who has the most experience that we have in the roster right now is uh, Ursan Ilyasova. Other than that, everyone else is a young buck. Yep. Which is kind of exciting because it's like we can see what pieces we're going to use to build a foundation of the franchise in the future. And I'm glad that we're taking the rebuild approach. But it's it's going to take a while. This year's going to be miserable. The next year's going to be miserable. I don't think after that's going to be miserable. I don't think it's going to take that long. I think it is. Because until LeBron retires, the East is locked to him. It doesn't matter that the Celtics got Gordon Hayward. See, it doesn't matter. But we don't even need to discuss the other teams. It doesn't make a difference to it us. It does, though, because you're saying... Like, like I'm guess, saying we're not going to be a nine-win team. Oh, no, I don't think we're going to be a nine-win team. But well, that, what, what, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is is that we're not going to play competitive basketball for a while. Like, competitive to the point where we can compete for a, a championship. That's just not going to happen. Oh, that's not what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Well, I'm saying th- this year we'll, we're going to drop from, like, a four to five seed to maybe sneaking in the playoffs as an eight. I think we're, I think we missed the playoffs this or year, or in the lottery, which I'm fine with. I'm but, fine with too. I but mean, we're not gonna like the thing is, no one's competing for an NBA title for the next four years or five years, except for the Cavs, the Warriors, the Spurs, and potentially the Rockets if they land Carmelo. That's it. That's it. No one else is competing for shit, and maybe the Celtics if they get lucky, like if LeBron tears his ACL finally. That's it. I think the Celtics could beat the Cavs at this point. I don't think so. But Gordon Hayward is. That's not things we care about. We're we're Atlanta sports guys. That's true. But But. (laughs) (laughs) this is turning to be more heated of a yeah. I like it as I anticipated. Conflict is great. No, but my point is, I like the direction the Schlenk is going. Yeah, no, even the the center we signed from the Spurs. He was their backup center. Averaged. He only averaged like fifteen minutes a game, but he's a beast in the post, like defensively. And if you project him out over like 30 minutes, he puts up some solid numbers. Mm-hmm. And we got him for two years, $14 million. I think he, we're going to like him more than Dwight. I'll tell you that much. You know, I will say this about the Hawks. They are really putting a lot of um, – or allocating a lot of roster spots towards the uh, to the center position. You got Diamond Stone from the Clippers when we um, – we had Jamal Crawford for a hot minute and then got rid of him. How awesome is it that we actually got something for for Paul, Paul Millsap, though? It's it's good. We got another draft pick. That's how I do it. Yeah. Until Diamond Stone proves himself. But um, you got Diamond Stone. You got Dwayne Devin. Or Dwayne Devin. You got John Collins. You got Mike Muscala. So interesting. interesting. And all of those were kind of bargain deals. Yeah. 
But yeah, you got a lot of guys locked up for you know in in center and just sort of it's almost like a gladiator battle. Best man wins, which I kind of like. It's kind of I was kind of hoping we'd bring Zaza back. I heard there's some Zaza. I always loved Zaza playing. He just such a goon, and he got better when he left Atlanta, which happens with everybody. It seems like so. Go figure. Um, But yeah. I just want to kind of take a second to get nostalgic and lament for a second. All five starters from the uh, 2014-2015 Hawks team, which I think most people can agree is the greatest Hawks team of all time, um, definitely in my lifetime in terms of what I was old enough to see and remember, um, they're gone. Yeah. Jeff Teague, gone. Yeah. Horford, gone. Millsap was the last one. He's gone. Tamari Carroll, gone. Kyle Korver, gone. I didn't realize that Jeff Teague uh, trade netted us Torian Prince. Yeah, it did. So that, that was good. good. But I'm still upset that, um, I mean, at least we got something for Paul. May not be what I wanted, um, but... Better than losing him for... It's better than losing him for nothing, which I, I which we, you know, which was what happened with Al Horford. So yep. kudos to Schlink for at least getting a draft pick. and The Schlink. The Schlink. Is what we're calling Okay, him. fine. Kudos to the Schlink for getting at least a draft pick and... Um, Diamond Stone, which who knows what's going to happen with him, but draft pick is a draft pick, yep. you know, and a young player with maybe some potential. Yeah, um, so it's going to be. I don't know. I, I I love that team so much. I mean, that team holds a special place in my heart, and I think it holds a special place in the heart for all Hawks fans because that was. I mean, would you like to do a moment of silence for him? I think we should have a moment of silence for the greatest professional basketball team in Atlanta. See, Sports this is where we need our unpaid intern to play some sappy music, and we could do a little photo montage. You can't do a photo montage of a podcast. <laughs> well, this is all about us, is it not? It is, but I mean, I think we can still play some, music. some shitty music. I'm okay. just going to add that in the post. No one's going to harm you. 2014, 2015 Atlanta Hawks. Not while I'm around. No one's gonna harm you, Hawks. Not while I'm around. There's Corver hitting his seventh three of the game. Jeff T passes to Millsap, to Horford, back out to Corver for the three-pointer to beat the Golden State Warriors. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> nice montage. Yeah, missed that team. So, it's just kind of crazy to think about it. And here's one thing like, that bring up a serious note. Serious, huh? Yeah. Um, not that that wasn't serious enough, right? But <laughs> here's my question to you, sir. Do you think Mike Bullenhoser is here after next year? Because yes. you got to think about where he came from, right? He helped build this team with Danny Ferry. Who knows how much, I mean, whatever, you know, the Danny Ferry thing, we're going to leave alone. But then again, he was part of the foundation of that team that Danny Ferry built. Right. Now, you know, from a G, when he was the president slash GM, whatever the fuck he was last year, all his guys are gone. Dwight's gone. Millsap's gone. Um, yeah, we Even Tabo gone. is gone. Everyone's gone. Everyone's gone. I don't care about This is not his team anymore, really. This is not what he signed up for. He drafted some guys. 
He, he drafted Torian. He chose. He, drafted, he uh, chose to move on with Schroeder instead of T. So yeah. So I mean, there's still a little Bambry. bit. But to go from being coach of the year, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, making the Eastern Conference Finals, to now where you're probably going to win anywhere between 25 and 35 games. Hey, I'm sorry, Bub. Careers have ups and downs. You don't just get to project up constantly. No, that's fine. But I'm just saying, like, do you think he's going to either want to go somewhere else, or he's going to be fired because maybe Schlink wants to? After this year, because Schlink wants to bring in his own. No, I was listening to a Schlink, uh, I mean, pardon me, an interview by the Schlink, and uh, he was kind of talking about like day one, how this whole thing got restarted with him coming in, and he was just saying how nice it is to have Bud, and like, he's like, you don't have to worry about finding a coach because we got our guy. Like, is he just saying that, or do you think that's legitimate? It seemed, I don't think you'd throw it out there. He called him one of the best coaches in the NBA. I don't think you'd throw something like that out there. But what about what Bullenhoser wants? Where's he going to go? I don't know. If if Greg Popovich were about to retire, then maybe I'd be a he little would, He would bolt, yeah. I think, to San Antonio. Yeah. He's got Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. But that ain't happening. Probably not. I think Pop's probably going to coach another two, three, four years. He's going to give this a few years to see where it's going. I, I just like the fact that they're... There's a plan in place. Yeah. And They're sticking to it. They're it, not doing crazy things like signing Dwight Howard a three-year, $70 million contract. Right. And and I think uh, the Schlink's taking the right approach, and he's and he's blown up the team, which yeah. I think is a good Oh, we also let Hardaway walk. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, one. Tim Hardaway's gone. That was an absurd contract that the Knicks so, gave So, yeah, him. the Knicks offered him a four-year, $75 million contract, basically an offer sheet. The team that um, has contractually obligated the player initially has a chance to match the offer sheet that's basically signed. We chose not to sign that offer sheet, and the Knicks now have Tim Hardaway for four years and $75 million. I think that was a very wise move to not sign that offer sheet. We would have been a lot more competitive this year with him, but that's too much money. It's a bad contract, and the schlank is no bad contracts. contracts. Yeah, so that's his mantra. With the exception of uh, Miles Plum. Well, that's taking that's on one bad contract. That's taking one. on one. I'm just not. Yeah, I'm just giving him signing shit. one. But yeah, no, that's I think that was a smart move. I mean, I love the way Tim played last year. I mean, Bullenhoser and his team did a hell of a job developing him, but he ain't worth seventy five million um, a year. Now you can say the same thing about Kent Bazemore. He ain't worth that. But I don't want to give another deal out there to a guy that isn't worth that money to me in my head. And here's another interesting point that I just thought of. Atlanta is going to become known as a city that relies on bald white men to make big decisions in their... Uh, you got Coppolella. Coppolella. Schlank. Schlank. Dimitrov is not bald. Dan Quinn. Fair enough. <laughs> Touche, sir. There's a conspiracy theory out there now. Yeah. Bald brothers making, making <laughs> yeah. designer futures. The bald brothers. Yeah. So, um, so we just have to trust them that they know what they're doing. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with the Hawks. It's going to be, you know, I will say this. I am happy that there is a change. It may not be the change that's good in the short term, but in the long term, I think it is a good change. Because I'm tired of getting the postseason and then petering out in the first or second round. And you can say all this shit about 10 years in a row making the postseason. I don't give a fuck. No one cares. Oh, here's another thing. Really quick, let me finish. Sorry, sorry. No, I don't (laughs) give a fuck about that. It's like, are you competing for a championship? Out of that, those... Out of those 10 years we made the playoffs in a row, there was only one year where we could compete for a championship. That's not good enough. It's not good enough. Blow it up. Let's start over. Let's figure it out. And so, Mr. Schlink, um, so far, so good on the rebuild process. 
Good job stocking up draft picks. Good job getting rid of people that we either don't want to resign for the value, for the money they want or we just need to get rid of. Have we already discussed these Phillips Arena renovations? We have not. You want to break that down real quick? Yes. Okay, go ahead. So they're going to spend... Because the team's going to suck, they're going to spend a shit ton of money to put in. <laughs> to distract you from how bad the product on the floor is. Yeah, so every, other products every, around everything they're doing is to... Make people not realize, as Graham stated, about the product on the court. So, I mean, the renovations were necessary because Phillips Arena was built as also a hockey uh, Mm -hmm. arena. So, like, those suites that they have, the massive wall of nothing but suites and not being able to walk around the whole arena apparently caters to hockey. So, sorry to your hockey folks out there there who thought there was a chance that we could get a team back. Apparently it ain't happening. That's not happening. Or if it does happen, we'll build a new stadium for them. So if you want that, I guess just move to Canada. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But what they're doing in the arena, the one that could be kind of, they're putting a bar on the court, which sounds good in theory, but all these things that they're doing are not catered to the common man because the bar is only going to be accessible to the people that have court-sized seats. Like, there's first first four rows. Which is very unfair. So instead of, like, going back into the arena for their little special bar, now it's just on the court. Yeah, which is so lame. We're not going to be there. What about the barbershop? And That's absurd. So there's, what, Killer Mike's Barbershop. Yeah. So you can literally get your hair cut at the Hawks game. Correct. Which is insane. And why, you get, why would you want to do that? I don't, I don't know. And you, you can watch the game, but what happens if there's, like, a big play and you, like, stand up while the guy's in the middle of... Although no one care, no one gets that excited in a Hawks game, so I guess that's a moot point. Unless it's like an important game or it's the postseason. Yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, if you want a really expensive haircut in an arena, for some reason you can do that. Um, they're getting rid of a lot of the suites and extending it around, which is good. There's a Top Golf virtual in a suite. What is so, it? So yeah, explain that. So Top Golf. I think most people listening to this would know what Top Golf is at this point. If you don't, just look it up. We're not. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to go into the details and promote Top Golf. But anyways, they're putting a golf simulator into a couple of suites. So while you're spending all this money to watch a basketball game, you can hit golf balls into a simulator, which is not the true Top Golf experience. experience, anyways. So that's also dumb. Um, what else am I missing? There's the Zach Brown like lounge or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that is. But it's almost okay. So you can watch videos of Zach Brown band, I aka guess. aka YouTube. Um, so there's a lot of things, and you know, um, but anyway, the, the great uh, Steve Coonan, I heard interviewed about all this <laughs> stuff, and he was saying, look, this is this is all stuff we're adding to the arena, and and the stuff you're not hearing about as much as the renovations that are being done to ensure that Phillips is, uh, you know, a state of the art facility once again. Um, but he's saying, you know, if you're not interested in Top Golf, you're not interested in getting your hair cut, you're not interested in the Zach Brown Lounge or whatever the hell it is, or the or courtside bar, or the Zaxby's, or the Zaxby's if it ever happens, you know, you can still just watch the fucking game. Yeah, it doesn't affect the the common man's which is experience. fair. So it's just catering to people who care it's about. It's just additional stuff, yeah. you know, for people that want to spend more money. It's silly add-ons. It's silly add-ons, and but it, the good thing is, is it's the city of Atlanta committing to the Hawks, so we're not going to lose another team to the suburbs or yeah. Canada. 
Right. And there was talk that potentially, you know, the Hawks could... I know Seattle's trying to put up a, um, put together another group that wants to uh, be in a, an expansion team in the NBA again because yeah. they lost the Sonics to the Thunder. And there was talk uh, in 2014, 2013, I can't remember what year, but of, of the Hawks potentially going there. And it never really gained ground. There wasn't a lot of smoke there, but it was mentioned. And that alone scared me. Yeah, I, no, I, 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 Hawks. I would have been very upset if we lost a basketball team. I wouldn't be able to work for like three weeks. I'd be, I'd be rioting in the streets. <laughs> like, don't take my fucking Hawks from me or any of my teams. Right, right. I, I, I refuse. Like, the Braves moving is one thing because it's like, it's a Cobb County. If you can't go up there, then big deal. Yeah. Um, it's still in the state of Georgia, still in Atlanta, the only address, they're still the Atlanta Braves. But if they were to, you know, the Hawks were to go to Seattle, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be crestfallen. Yeah, I'd be quite distraught. Um, but anyways, that shows the type of issues we have. Yeah. It's a personal issue. It is a personal issue. I'm sure if people could get on with their lives, we couldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, I'd quit. Yeah. So um, We'd have less to talk about on this podcast. We would have less to talk about. What are we going to follow? The Seattle Green Hawks? Green Hawks or the, uh, we'd switch coverage to the Atlanta Gladiators. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I guess we'd have to get a little more in on the United. Atlanta United, yeah. Oh, Alec Cannon got hurt, by the way. I heard he got yeah, hurt. that's a bummer. But the, <laughs> there's our United coverage. Yeah, no. But uh, I, you know, United have been doing well. They won the last couple of games and uh, that they've had. I think they got a couple weeks off, which has been good for them because they've been playing a lot of games recently. Joseph Martinez coming back for that team has been a big lift to the to the Atlanta United. Um, I think since he's come back, they've have they won every game or are close to it. Um, they look like they're going to make the postseason. So, still need to get to a game. We still need to do more. Research into the uh, into soccer and oh, try to get into it. We'll probably about do for another. Well, definitely before the postseason, we'll do another Arthur uh, episode. Yeah, which I know is wildly popular with yeah. our uh, with our users. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They they love that Arthur character. Yeah. Um. My question then to you, Falcons wise. Do we need to fire Dimitrov and hire a bald guy? Wrong. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, are there any Falcons news you want to cover? The, SB, really the ESPYs were, were hilarious with Peyton Manning. Peyton uh, Manning, I will say this about Peyton. Um, he's a talented dude. He did a hell of a job um, with his opening monologue. The, yeah, the, the vid- I didn't even see that. But the video of him with um, his Falcons, his Super Bowl party. Oh, I missed that. It was great. I saw the opening monologue, but I didn't see the... Describe that for the users and for myself because I didn't see it. Yeah, it was just uh, him hosting a Super Bowl party and like at the beginning he's like, yeah, this is great. Like uh, normally I'm working on this day, you know what I mean? But yeah, I don't care, really care about the outcome at all. I'm just going to relax. But then like slowly you just see him like pulling for the Falcons against the Patriots because of how many times the Patriots have beaten him in his career. At one point about Matt Ryan, he's like, yeah, you know, it's really tough to win a Super Bowl in your prime, though, so I don't I don't know if you'll be able to get that done. Um, but then he just, like, slowly starts losing it as, like, the 28-3 to meltdown right. happens. Right. And it all ends with him, like, throwing a football through the TV and kicking everyone out of his house. That pain does. That's yeah. funny. It, was, it just, like, it felt very personal. And also, that video is the most highlights of the Super Bowl I've watched. Since the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. The only highlights of the Super Bowl I watched. I forgot about a lot of it. Yeah. It was, um, his monologue was outstanding. He took great pot shots at everybody, and he took pot shots at the Falcons, but it was, it was earned. He was like, yeah, um, 
you know, how about those Falcons? I hope, you know, they pay attention for more than three quarters of the show than they did in the game or something like that. And I was like, ah, fair enough. Come on, Peyton. Um, but, you know, he, he did a great job hosting the ESPYs, and I don't give a shit about the ESPYs, but I was impressed by his monologue. So, I mean, um, I just can't wait for football season. Like, I am so pumped for this team to get back on the field. And training camp starts July 26th, which is just a, it's a couple weeks away. Yeah. We are very close to football. And uh, very, very exciting news. Atlanta Own is actually going to have a, a tent on Media Row at training camp up in Flowery Branch, yeah. so aren't, aren't we? Keep your eyes out for that. Yeah. If you come down to Flowery Branch, say hello to, the, to us, and uh, we'll, we'll say hello to you. We'll be there. And one of our new... Uh, one of our new users, uh, Jared Given, a uh, a Boston, well, Maine native, Boston sports fan. Well, unfortunately, is a Patriots fan. But yes, but he he has respect for the Falcons after living here and uh, seeing some Falcons diehards like ourselves. And he has request he was listening through some of our episodes and wanted some more Falcons coverage. And we really, I mean, we haven't had this podcast when it's been in season. Correct. So I'm excited to actually have this. And recapping the game. Yeah, it's going to be fun. When we start getting the Falcons Might season. have to do Monday shows. I don't know how we're yeah, going to do that. Getting into training camp. Yeah. Um, you know, we might, what we might want to do is, is start doing the shows right after the game. Just getting together. Ah, instant. Watch, yeah, watching the game. And instant reaction. Getting out there. And then by the time I edit it, it'll be in, you know, ready for Monday morning. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, no, I can't fucking wait for this team to get on the field. It's, it's, it's just so exciting to hear about. You know, the defense and the progress they're making, the offense, you know, being the unit that we know they are and kicking ass. Um, still worried about the right guard position. Don't know how that's going to play out. Apparently it's between uh, Schweitzer and Ben Garland in terms of who's going to play that right tackle position. How's that fullback battle? The one guy we reported on, um, the guy from the Texans whose name evades me right now, um, he's off the team. So it's apparently the um, oh no the former Seattle Seahawks fullback oh, who, is, wow. who is slated to get the majority of the reps right now. Big news, big news. Yeah, but uh, uh, can yeah, I put something terrible out into the universe, or should ahead. I not? Yeah, it's fine. I think this whole segment's going to be killed. But go ahead. Do you do you foresee uh, like this? So there's the potential this is our year, but there's just going to be like two or three devastating injuries. See, I think no, this is a good point. Um, I think that. So many things went right for us last year that we didn't anticipate. I don't think anyone going into the season said this team's a Super Bowl, you know, team, Super Bowl caliber team. Obviously, they were wrong. Obviously, we were all wrong because they were. Um, we were very lucky with injuries, even though we had devastating injuries. Desmond Trufant, Jacob Tammy, um, offensive line was healthy. Matt Ryan was healthy. The receiving core was mostly healthy. I know Julio had a couple of times when he got injured. He's he's always a little banged up. Um, defense, for the most part, was pretty healthy. The, I could very well see because we are Atlanta sports that and you know we have an injury problem this year and that could bite us in the ass just because that's the fucking way things go and there could be a team out there that we are just is so far off the radar that like the Falcons were to so many people nope. last year that just comes up and, and takes control of the NFC. We have no idea, you know. That's the thing I love about the NFL. You can say that the Patriots are always favored and yes they are, but in terms of you never know how it's going to play out. It's always, um, it's always one of those things that is unpredictable. Because, yeah, the Patriots are going to make the AFC Championship every year pretty much or get in the playoffs every year, but are they going to go to the Super Bowl? I don't know. I mean, you could argue that, you know, 
the Raiders could have gone to the Super Bowl last year if, if, if Derek Carr was healthy. You, no one saw that the Falcons were going to go to the Super Bowl last year at the end of the season. Like, it's not like the NBA. Even, you know, and, and baseball is kind of similar to the NFL, too, in that way, where you don't know who's going to do well with the exception of a couple of teams. But in terms of who gets to that championship game, we have no idea. The, we, we, on paper, the Falcons, it's funny this year. I know I'm talking a lot. But it's funny this year. On paper, the Falcons are, like, top five NFL team always. Power rankings, they are slated to just kick ass. And it's almost like setting up too perfectly. Like, we're going to get some, like, epic, like, Stab to the gut yeah, or punch yeah. to the balls. Yeah. And We're I, Atlantic. Uh, keep your expectations low. Yeah. And be pleasantly surprised every now and then. Yeah. Don't get your hopes up. They'll get crushed. Yeah. And I and I think that's something to keep in mind. But I mean, like on paper, this team should certainly be competing for a Super Bowl coming into the next season. There's no reason they shouldn't. On paper. On paper. But I think we squawked enough. I agree. Should probably wrap this thing up. Fred, I'm Kalal, I'm Graham Waldrop. I'm Hasbro Thomas, sir.